0: Welcome to Wellspring On The Air, where professional Christian counselors share practical life and Bible insights. Why? Because hearts and minds matter. We're glad you joined our show today to hear from our host, Tova Kreps, president of Wellspring Counseling in Miami. Tova is a licensed therapist with many years of experience as a Christian counselor. Tova teaches, writes, and consults, and Life.fm is pleased to have Wellspring Counseling restoring hearts and minds in our community. Welcome to Wellspring On The Air. I'm Tova, co-founder and president of
1: Wellspring Counseling. And today with me, I have our other co-founder, Christine Schlottman, who's going to join me for the show. Hi, Chris. Hi. We're so glad to be together on the show again, aren't we?
2: Yes, it's a joy to be together, Tova, always.
1: And we've had a great time doing
2: our ministry for all these years, haven't we? Yes, it's been a great journey. Amazing, celebrating 10 years and a month here. I know, it's true. The title of today's program
1: is Emotional Maturity in Life and Ministry. So I know you're going to give this talk coming up in Brazil soon, correct? Correct. And so I want you to tell us about the talk, and and then we'll see why I pulled you in to talk about this for everybody today. Because I think... Emotional maturity applies to all of us. So tell me about the talk that you're going to give that these notes are going to be from.
2: Okay. We're going to be going to a conference in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil in September called Agora. And Agora means now in Portuguese for all our Portuguese listeners. And the focus of this time is to gather Christians from the Latin American and Caribbean region and encourage believers to consider how they can reach their cities for Christ. Eighty percent of our populations in these countries are living in urban areas. So I've been asked to do a talk, a workshop, and the topic I chose is called Emotional Maturity in Life and Ministry. And so I know that really what you're
1: thinking about is people in ministry have a lot of stress on them, they have hard jobs, and so they need to be mature to be able to handle that. So tell us a little bit about that cost and sacrifice that people make in full-time ministry and, and how that relates to this
2: emotional maturity topic. Okay, well as we know, we talk about often reaching the world for Christ and having a kingdom mentality as Christians. And in order to reach our world for Christ, it requires time, energy, resources, money, uh, sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And as I've been pondering this idea before I go to this conference, I've been thinking about the importance of how we as Christians need to be emotionally mature in our lives so that we can be better equipped to reach the world for Christ. Because as we interact with people in our world, we enter into their messiness, their Mm -hmm. brokenness, and we too are broken and how can we be the most whole and healed people so that we can really make a difference in the lives of those who are needing the gospel and watching us
1: and as people watch us the the key is if we are acting in immature ways even though we have all the head knowledge in the world of the gospel and the Bible that we're pulling away from the truth of the gospel we're distracting From the gospel, because if we're having temper tantrums or we're, you know, oversensitive or we can't handle things from an emotional standpoint, then people are not going to hear what we have to say about the knowledge of the gospel, about Jesus,
2: about all those things. It's a deterrent, right? That's exactly the point. And because they're looking for people who are living genuinely true to themselves, being authentic to themselves. Mm -hmm. And because the world wants that. The world really
1: does. And we've had a lot of Christian leaders fall in the last few years um, mm-hmm. and maybe always. But we really the world's watching and saying, wow, you know, the hashtag Me Too applies to church too. And there's a whole church too mm-hmm. thing. And there's uh, they're saying it's not authentic. The, f- the gospel's not real because you can't live it in your lives. And so people are looking at it, And part of that is because we're immature mm-hmm. emotionally. Exactly. So um. give me a couple examples, Chris, of How you think this affects leaders that you know of, or Mm -hmm. let's not name names. No, no, of
2: course not. For example, I was reading recently in in one of the books as I was preparing, and they gave an example of a pastor who was leading a huge church that was really growing and flourishing, and people were coming to Christ. And somebody that had visited the church actually saw this pastor entering a hotel with another woman that was not his wife, Mm. And what came out from that was he had been having an affair for three years. Mm. So on the outside, the church was growing and flourishing, and it looked amazing. But internally, in the life of this man, there was a complete disconnect. Yeah. And that's just one example of what we've been hearing about and seeing as we've been in touch with what's happening in the Christian world. It's
1: true, and and I know that we
2: had a suicide of a pastor recently in the news, and
1: in California and um, it's just a tragedy but really this doesn't just apply to pastors or missionaries this applies to all of us because all right. of us are witness who are Christians we're all witnesses for Christ and exactly. how we handle ourselves matters it really applies to us as therapists people look to therapists and say can you practice what you preach mm-hmm. and have good healthy relationships in your marriage and in, in your life and so we we need to be authentic we need to mm-hmm. do the hard work that we're asking other people to do they're looking for that authenticity
2: and and that actually draws people in. When someone's being a genuine, authentic, true person to themselves, others are attracted to that. And may that be Christ that they're attracted to ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're walking with Him and reflecting Him and how His we're mature character. Exactly.
1: So it's spiritual and emotional maturity. Right. So, all right, so let's just define this a little bit for our, our audience. I want you guys to know as you're listening, this applies to all of us. How can we be emotionally mature? And we're going to spend the show, we're going to talk about what it means to be mature or immature emotionally and then some ways of improving our own maturity. So we'll get to that in the second half of the show. So what does it mean, Christine, to be emotionally mature? Okay. Okay.
2: Well, according to Peter Scazzaro in his book called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, which, by the way, I recommend to all of our listeners, it's an excellent book. So say the name again? Yes, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Okay. And the author, Peter Scazzaro. All right. Okay. And simple definition, emotional maturity is the capacity to know ourselves and to love well. So the question becomes, for me, as I think about this conference and how we want to reflect on this, If Christians loved others well, what would that look like? Well, that's a pretty picture. Mm -hmm.
1: If we could really love each other well. So you're saying if we can really love well, we would be mature. Or maybe the other way around is we have to be mature Mm -hmm. in order to
2: love well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And
1: what would that look like? What would that look like to
2: you? Wow. People would be kind, forgiving, gracious to one another, nonjudgmental able to come alongside and help those that are not as strong or maybe that are more broken or more wounded, not just thinking about themselves.
1: But that would mean giving grace and accepting them as messy without judging them, Mm -hmm. instead just coming alongside. And walking the
2: journey with them. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: It's, it is a pretty picture all right I'm motivated so let's keep going <laughs> okay go Let, I am motivated so what does emotional maturity look like or what does immaturity look like
2: well let's just talk about four types of emotion four stages maybe is the better way of putting okay. it of emotional immaturity and then maturity okay so all the right. first one Tova is the idea of Sometimes we act like emotional infants. Okay. And scripture talks
1: about the infants, you know, and just drinking milk milk and all of that. So, all right, what is
2: an emotional infant like? Okay. So as we think about babies, and those of us that are parents have had babies, Mm -hmm. basically they need others to take care of them. They're very needy. And they have a need for instant gratification. In other words, when they're hungry or tired, They need an immediate response. They can't be put off because they don't have tolerance to wait. They're unable, incapable of waiting.
1: Okay, so the emotional infant is the one who says, uh, it's your job to take care of me. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible to take care of myself. Somebody else is responsible for my feelings Mm and to make me happy and to help me grow. So we, the infant might be the one blaming everyone else because it's your job to take care of me instead of my job to take care of me. They need it now. Mm -hmm. They need it instantly. They cry and whine um, when they don't get it. And they have full out tantrums or something when they aren't getting what their needs met. And it's all about them. The baby does not think about how tired mom is. Of course. The baby just says me me me. Uh-huh. And people do that emotionally. It's all about me, and I don't care if you're tired. It's your job. Take care of me. All right. right. That that's a, I got that picture. That's I on? I have a few I have a few people floating in my mind about that, but I won't name them. <laughs> oh,
2: that's good. That's good. And then the next stage is emotional children, and some of the what you just said might have gone into uh, the overlapped a little too, bit which is mm-hmm. fine. But basically, they're happy as long as they get what they want, right? <laughs> Things can change really quickly with little children. They may be happy Uh one minute and things don't go their way and then they're completely upset. That's true. Isn't it true? And they don't have the ability to manage that or understand that or have words for that. They just react. Right. It's more in the moment and mm-hmm. they don't
1: carry something steady over time. Exactly. You know what comes to my mind is Makes in terms does. of emotional maturity is somebody like say somebody starts a new business and I, we've done this as mm-hmm. co-founders of okay. Wellspring. So you start a new business and if you're immature then at the first roadblock, mm. oh, I should quit it mm-hmm. or I won't do it because mm-hmm. you don't have something that sustains you long enough. Like this is still the right thing, even though it's hard for the moment or even though today I'm tired or tomorrow I'm discouraged. There, there's something bigger and stronger that outlasts those mm-hmm. the roller coaster of the daily happy times, hard times. So it that's. Mm-hmm. Emotional maturity, mm-hmm. Chris, I think we're emotionally mature, aren't we because we're, so. <laughs> we're still here
2: still here yay
1: <laughs> all right, we got something there. We're not just we're not children
2: we're, we're a little bit past that there but you okay go. great. What else for the emotional child? Okay. For the child, they're also very easily hurt hmm. and and also may complain, withdraw, manipulate, pout, etc when they don't get their own way. so they they try to get their own way in the best way they can figure out how to do it. And it's not mature because they don't have that ability yet because they're still little.
1: And again, they're not thinking about other people. Correct. So you're not thinking like, what's this like for the other person? Or the empathy for other mm-hmm. people is slim. It's kind of me. It's mm-hmm. what I need, what I want. And, and I'm hurt easily because i very sensitive mm-hmm. to, to what you did or didn't do to me or for me. Right. Again, very me-centered is that emotional immaturity. Exactly. Okay, Yep.
2: Mm -hmm. so do we have adolescence? Yes, next stage, emotional adolescence, and they tend to be often defensive, threatened by criticism, tend to blame if they don't get their own way, which is similar, although maybe a little different than the Mm -hmm. child, they'll blame other people. More directly. Yeah, not take ownership, Mm -hmm. right? And again, very me-centered, preoccupied with themselves. How do I look? How do I present? What do I say? What do I not say? Very worried about how other people will view them.
1: Which it feeds into the defensiveness. Mm-hmm. So if I'm super worried about my reputation and what people think of me, am I accepted? Do I belong? Do you love me? Do you like me? Am I a part? Mm-hmm. Then I'm worried about everything I do and over sensitive to you telling me I did something wrong. So I, you you criticize me, then I'm fragile, right? Emotionally fragile. I don't know that I'm okay all the time. So I need you to tell me I'm okay. Yes, I belong. And oh, I got it wrong. And so don't tell me I got it wrong, because then I'm too fragile. That Mm -hmm. kind of a cycle. Mm
2: -hmm. Right.
1: And that's emotional adolescence. Adolescence. It really is that Mm -hmm. defensive, unteachable. And I think we do think of teenagers as sometimes having a hard time being taught for a while, because they're so insecure, that mm-hmm. they're solid, that that the coaching is, is hard to stomach. And um, there are some teenagers who do this wonderfully. So mm-hmm. I, I want to say that it's not a slight on teenagers. This is just that these are the stages that we go through to grow up emotionally. And one of those is the ability to let people correct us mm-hmm. to be teachable and not blame everybody else. or Exactly. Okay. Good. So what does it look like to be an emotional adult? Okay.
2: So emotional adults, that's what our goal is, right? That's for our all goal. So let's exactly. hear Exactly. Being able to speak directly and honestly with what we need or want okay. from others. Also, of course, taking responsibility for what we've done, owning our stuff, basically, our actions, our thoughts, our words, feelings. What we've done...
1: That Owning the things we did wrong, but also owning the things we've done well.
2: Exactly. Confidence there. Mm -hmm. And also respecting others and and giving them grace. Hmm. Not feeling we have to make them change or be what we want them to be. Not be controlling of other people.
1: You know, on that one, I think about not controlling others and letting other people be. There's an ability and maturity to tolerate people being different than Mm -hmm. us, too. Like, we're not going to judge everyone because they're different. We're just going to let them be different and not need to change them just let them you know uh, to allow for that diversity as part
2: of that maturity exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. also be in tune with our own emotional state what am I feeling right Hmm. now when I get triggered by something and something has a strong impact on me I can sit with that evaluate that and consider what I need to do to make a change or to cope or whatever it is
1: you know, the way I see that is like you can see yourself from the outside. Mm. When you're immature, you only see your eyes out. Like you're not really aware of you and your impact on others or theirs on you or even your emotional state. You're just looking at what you see from your eyes out. But the mature person sees themselves in the picture. They, mm-hmm. they can look objectively and say, wow, look at you. You're kind of grumpy today. Or, right? You, you have
2: self-insight outside of yourself about yourself. Exactly. So there's a sense of security of self, obviously, mm-hmm. confidence, and um, ability to resolve conflict, mm-hmm. to tolerate conflict and not avoid it. Oh, that's a big one. There. Mm-hmm.
1: So the emotional, mature adult can be honest with themselves, what they need and want. They can be direct. They take responsibility for their own actions and their thoughts. I think even their own happiness, mm-hmm. not waiting for somebody else to make me happy, that's an internal thing respecting other people without having to change them you said and then you also said being in tune with their own emotional world and being able to be empathic with others and then that they can tolerate conflict and handle it maturely
2: exactly yeah all
1: right that's a pretty good wrap up you know i'm going to take a little break here and we'll be right back audience so if you missed the beginning of this come back and listen to it you can find us anytime on wellspringmiami.org or Or we now have podcasts, so you can listen whenever you want in your convenient podcast favorite way, like iTunes or something. We're there now. Very exciting. So, again, we'll be right back after a short break. And in the next half, we're going to talk about what do we do to be more mature. So now we have a picture of what it looks like to be immature or mature. We're going to talk about a few things we can do to, to grow ourselves up a little bit. All right. We'll
0: be back. Who is your charity for Give Miami Day? Support Wellspring Counseling and provide financial aid for counseling and mental health education in our community. Help Wellspring reach their goal of being within 30 minutes of anyone in need of counseling here in Miami, Florida. Find Wellspring Counseling on GiveMiamiDay.org. That's Wellspring Counseling on GiveMiamiDay.org.
1: Okay, welcome back to Wellspring on the Air. This is Tova and Christine Schlottman, who's with me today. We are together, the co-founders of Wellspring Counseling. And today what we're talking about is emotional maturity. We're particularly thinking about this for people in Christian ministry, because how can we tell people about the gospel if people look at us and they see us as immature people relationally and in our lives? And so it's a deterrent from the gospel and an encouragement for all of us to just grow up emotionally so we can really lead people to Christ and do ministry but it applies to every last one of us and in the first half of the show we discussed what it looks like to be emotionally mature or to be an emotional infant child or adolescent and kind of the stages we go through in growing up in that so if you missed the first part of the show find us on our website wellspringmiami.org or on a podcast and you're welcome to listen to the first half but let's move on Christine and let's talk about how do we move from being emotional infants children or adolescents, towards being emotionally mature grown-ups?
2: Mm, great question. I first would like to just mention briefly that sometimes we have different aspects of these stages at work in us. Mm. In other words, we may at work, in our workplaces, be very mature, confident, etc., but when we get home, we may act like children or adolescents.
1: Oh, so we're not always all the same. Correct. Hopefully uh-huh. some of those maturities carry over, but why would that be that somebody would be so different with their spouse or their children than they are at Great. work? Why Great would that question. be?
2: Great question. I was thinking of an example of a woman who was extremely confident in her workplace and could stand up, give conferences and seminars and to her colleagues, and then suddenly when she got home she felt like a child. Hmm. So she was in a very toxic relationship with her spouse. Hmm. He was very abusive and domineering and controlling. And she reverted to feeling like a child when she was in that relationship.
1: So probably some unresolved issues from her own childhood. Exactly. So in that arena... Family she has not grown up, but mm-hmm. she had done it in the work arena it must have been safer for her in the work arena It right. sounds like so she was able to to make those developmental stages and get there. So mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so I think that's a very good point. We can be different levels of maturity in different locations different people were with different mm-hmm. situations I know that when most of us go home when we spend time with our family of origin uh, we revert to, to being the kid we were, mm-hmm. you know, the roles we were in. A lot of people have that common experience that when I'm with my siblings I act like the baby, but everywhere else I'm all grown up. Right?
2: Exactly. Yes, that's
1: a good point. Uh, yeah, that's common. All right. So what are our steps for growing up? What what would those things be?
2: Okay, well the first one we we have to go first to God and to be dependent on him because the reality is only he can fully reveal to us. Mm-hmm any of those dark places in our lives or those immature areas of our lives so to ask him to bring to the light anything that's in the dark anything that's hidden and from ourselves or from others that he would reflect show that to us so that we can actually become self-aware
1: so there is a place of Two things with that. One is going to God and ask asking for that and asking for intentionally wanting God to reveal it. We have some wonderful psalms Mm -hmm. that say that where we ask God, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renew a right spirit in me. And and it's about God look at me and expose me to myself and letting Scripture do it. So there's an intentionality to it and there's also just the acknowledgement that we really can't even see ourselves very well apart from scripture and God's Holy Spirit helping us see ourselves honestly right so we need to ask god to help us
2: right and in doing that remembering that he understands completely the areas where we're broken where we've suffered our wounds because he became that for us on the cross the anguish he experienced the complete abandonment abandonment and rejection of all those around him was was profound. That's true. So he, more than anyone else in the world, can identify with where we're at in our woundedness.
1: You know, I, I think he is so kind and loving you know he died for us while we were yet sinners he he knows first of all he knows everything about us so we can't hide so we're just asking him to reveal it to ourselves but he already knows it but he loved us before he loves us anyway he's not surprised he understands us because he came to this earth as you said and he experienced it but he he just really loves us and i think that us trusting that he can expose us without judging us without shaming us just for our own sake. He's he just is that good and kind and loving. And so we, we can go to him and ask him to reveal these things. He's not gonna shame us.
2: Exactly. That's true. Yeah, it's very true. And I just was thinking about a quote, Tova, by Corey Tenbu that says, There is no pit so deep that God isn't deeper still. It's true. So to remember, wherever we are, he's there with us. Okay. So our first step is to
1: ask god to help us because we depend on him to do that what's our next step
2: the next one is being honest with ourselves and part of that is as god reveals things that we actually embrace them
1: and i've heard it said that the first person we lie to is ourselves and i think that is so true we really do lie to ourselves so again there's an intentionality if i'm going to grow up i have to actually quit lying to myself Mm -hmm. and be honest with myself
2: that's true that's true uh, St. Augustine said, how can you draw close to God when you are far from your own self? Grant, Lord, that I may know myself, that I may know thee.
1: And again, that's about trusting that it's okay to see that we're flawed and to let ourselves be that. Okay, gosh, in this arena, I am pretty immature. And and ha- we have to start with that. Wow, in this area of my life, I act like a an infant and, you know, just cry. And I act like a teenager and it's all about me or i act like a child and demand that other people do for me and and that kind of thing
2: or i'm emotionally unstable and and so we have to be honest and evaluate are we in unhealthy relationships Mm. are we reacting like children in our relationships and what's that about we need to think about that. Sometimes as I think
1: about those ages and stages, I will ask, I've asked this of therapists as I think about clients, but I even ask it sometimes when I'm really frustrated with the person in my life, I'll ask myself, what age do they feel? Mm-hmm. And it's an interesting question because I can pretty quickly kind of say, oh, that that was kind of like 16-year-old behavior or that was kind of 10-year-old behavior. And when I see that, that it just is so much clearer. And we need to do that with ourselves. We need to say, okay, today I'm acting like a 10-year-old or today I'm acting like a grown-up and I feel proud of myself
2: Mm -hmm.
1: so okay so Mm -hmm. we have to be
2: honest with ourselves and I think too and just briefly be willing to repent and face the pain Mm. so that we can move beyond being a child or being an adolescent and growing up
1: yeah we can repent and we can be forgiven and loved and it's okay we can move past it yeah what's another step
2: well the next thought I had was the ability and the willingness to grieve our losses and not deny or bury them because often what happens when we are developmentally in a more immature state, it's because things have happened during that time frame in our lives. So we have to recognize what are the things I've lost.
1: So if I'm acting like a 16-year-old emotionally, probably when I was 16, something really wounded me that I need to go back and heal. Exactly. That's what That's you're saying. That's the
2: idea. That's the idea. And, and to really wrestle with that. Wrestle with yourself. Wrestle with God. And get help if you need help.
1: And, and to grieve those things instead of just being stuck there. Just grieve, okay, that happened, but I'm ready to move on. And that means I'm going to have to let go of it. And to do to let go of it, I need to admit it, face it, and feel it, and express that, and then fix what I can and grieve the the rest. And so those are my steps for Circle of Truth. So, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Good. All right. So we need to grieve our losses. We need to be honest with ourselves. Any,
2: anything else? Well, I think just ultimately – We need to seek help from others and realize we can't do this alone. This journey is often too difficult, too painful, too scary. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people that tell me I'm so scared to go deep.
1: You know, as you talk about having other people, they, other another way to look at stages of maturity is so we move from dependence to, as children, to independence, as you know, separation and individuation we have as teenagers to interdependence. So the sign of maturity is that we let people in. It is one of the developmental stages. Is I don't do this by myself I get help I let people teach me I let people give me information about myself I ask people to be hold me accountable to come alongside um, I get a therapist I get friends I have a prayer group and accountability or places where honest and transparent and so part of maturity is the ability to have people
2: speak into our lives right exactly that's a great point point. and the reality is if you don't know who to ask Ask God to help you find that person. And look for safe people. Safe people that are not gonna judge you, that are willing to that are mature people themselves Mm -hmm. so that they can join with you and walk with you.
1: And keep your confidence and help you, not judge you.
2: Be a cheerleader for you. Mm -hmm. I'm with you, I'm in the journey, I'm on the path. I'm counting on it.
1: Yeah. And I, I think, you know, at, at Wellspring, I mean, obviously we think counselors may be that person if you can't find it somewhere else in your life, but our goal as counselors is to work ourselves out of the job, and so part of the end of therapy is helping people find those safe people so that they don't pay for it anymore. They just have mutual, healthy relationships with other people where they're authentic and, and allow that interchange to happen. Well, we're coming close to the end of our time here. Do you have any other final thoughts about just maturity and the dual lives people lead or Mm. any other hints or encouragements for us?
2: I just think that as we are connected to God and ourselves, that overflow will be attractive to others, as I said earlier. Mm -hmm. And the world is looking and waiting (laughs) and desirous of hope. So to do our own work, To be the most mature and whole people and integrated people we can be is going to reflect even greater the glory of God. Now, not that he can't use us when we're not. That's That's, right. He's pretty amazing. He can even use the most immature person. That's true. But just think in general how much more we would have to offer people if we're walking in that level of maturity.
1: I I think it's a good point and I also think it's possible to know a lot of scripture and a lot about God and actually be quite grown up in terms of our knowledge of God and yet also at the same time be immature emotionally. But it is a mismatch for people watching and and uh, really we want both we want the scripture to inform us and to mature us and to grow up in the word but we also have to live it out in our own grown up state of relational maturity with other people and our ability to delay gratification, our ability to be patient. If you think even just about that topic, to delay gratification is a sign of maturity and infants don't have it and adults do. And so you think about how that scripture relates to that. Well, scripture talks about waiting on God and it talks about patience and it talks about the fruit of the spirit as being patience, you know, and the ability to be long suffering. And so they do go together. Scripture does, Talk to us about what it looks like to be mature. So we need the scripture, but we have to really apply it to that kind of daily life in our own growing up. Well said, Tova. I'm so glad you joined me today. It's time for us to wrap up. This is Tova Krebs and Christine Schlotman with Wellspring Counseling. This is Wellspring on the Air because hearts and minds matter.
0: Wellspring on the Air is a production of Wellspring Counseling, a nonprofit professional counseling center with multiple locations in Miami Dade County. Wellspring therapists are licensed by the state of Florida and Christian in their worldviews. They have wide ranges of clinical expertise, including marriage, family, anxiety, depression, and trauma. Their diverse group of therapists includes several who speak Spanish or Portuguese. If you would like to know more about Wellspring's services of counseling and education, go to their website at wellspringmiami.org or give them a call at 786-573-7010 or email them at ontheair at wellspringmiami.org. Again, you can find a way to contact them at wellspringmiami.org.